Well, hey, Mosaic. How are you guys? If we haven't met before, my name is Bill. I'm one of the pastors here at Mosaic. Uh, I lead, I pastor our campus on the north side of town at the Bay. So excited to lead us in this conversation, but I'm really curious. Uh, soulmates, how many of you guys say yes, I believe, soulmates? All right, how many of you guys say nope, don't believe that? A lot of people didn't answer. Interesting. Uh, it is kind of a tough question, though. Because it, it kind of says a lot about the world we live in. It says a lot about the lives that we live. Uh, it's kind of a tough question. Uh, does anyone have that friend who they seem to fall in love very quickly and after a couple dates, it's like, oh, she's the one. She's the one. Uh, or we also, we have those friends that for some reason they can't find love. They're amazing people. They're attractive. And it's like, what's going on? How come you can't find that person? Uh, I have that person in my life, one of my best friends when I lived in California. One of the best guys I knew, great personality. Uh, He's a really good looking guy. Girls constantly wanted to date him, uh, but he couldn't find the one. He's always looking for the one, but he couldn't find the one. Uh, And because he he was so focused on finding the one, uh, it seemed like he couldn't find anyone. Um, And I think in life, we're so focused on finding the one. Finding the one, who is the one, who is the one, uh, that I just wonder if we've gotten things a little bit out of whack, a little bit twisted. Uh, when me and Nicole, when we first started dating, I wrote her this letter, and I said, I said, I kid you not, this is one of the lines I put in there. Nicole, the thing I like the most about you, the most about you, is that you're just like me. <laughs> like, how egotistical is that? Like, man, the thing I like about you is you are the female version of me, and I'm pretty special and sexy, so, uh, you know, it's kind of weird, and I feel like we're so focused on finding the one that we're not being the one, and so what I want us to do and the conversation I want us to step into today is whether you're in a relationship or whether you're not in a relationship, how can we be the one? How can we step into that today? How can we step into that reality Um, Because for the past few weeks, we've been walking through this conversation, Climb the Palm Tree, through the book Song of Songs. In week one, we talked about loving like wine. That love, it has mountains and it has valleys. It has the high points that we put on social media. And it has the low points, those hard parts, those valleys. But those valleys is what produces the richest, deepest, most complex wine. Uh, Week two, we talked about really in order to love someone else, we need to learn to love ourselves. Because sometimes what's holding us back from truly loving someone else is the fact that we have a lot of junk, we have a lot of hurt, we have a lot of pain that we're not dealing with. Uh, And how can we be like Adam and Eve, be naked and unashamed with another person and truly love who we are? And last week we talked about the gift uh, of sex that God gave us, that it bonds us, body, mind, and soul to another person. Uh, But the question that keeps kind of going around and around in my head is, what happens if we feel like we can't find love? Right? What happens if we feel like maybe there's someone out there or I can't find that person that's out there? Or maybe the question is, I thought I found that person and then they changed into this weird other person. Uh, like how, do we, how do we engage that? Because love is complicated, love is difficult. But I believe that we are so focused. We are so focused on finding the one for us, that we're ignoring being the one. And we've been walking through this book, Song of Songs. 
Song of Songs with a repetition of song in songs, it could actually be translated the greatest song. Uh, I found this quote, a rabbi said, no one in Israel disputes the Song of Songs is a divine book. All the world is not worth the day on which the Song of Songs was given to Israel. For all writings are holy. All the writings are holy. But the Song of Songs is the holy of holies. See, it's a passionate poem written between two young lovers, and it's a conversation that they're having back and forth, back and forth. Um, And they use the word love or an iteration of love in Hebrew some 60 times throughout the course of this book. Uh, And I I think the word love, we we get a little bit of a mistranslation sometimes uh, because there's multiple versions of love that they use in the Hebrew language, but it just translates as one for us. And so what I want us to do is I want us to kind of walk through uh, those words, walk through what it actually has to say uh, about us being the one. Because the word love, it's really complicated, right? Especially in our language, because it's like, I love you guys, but I love my wife. I love my son. Like, I'm probably not going to chase you around the house and tickle you. That'd be weird, right? <laughs> You'd probably call the cops on me, and you should. Um, I have this uh, weird fear of people touching my belly button. I don't know what it is, but like anytime I tell someone that, they always try to touch my belly button. Like I said that after first service, and people kept coming up to me like trying to touch my belly button. I was like, no, I will seriously punch you in the face. So don't touch my belly button. I don't know why I said that, but I probably shared too much. Um, But yeah, this word love, it's complicated, it's weird, it's difficult. Uh, And I I think what it has to say about the different translations that they use for love all throughout Song of Songs, it really paints a picture of, for us of how we can focus less on finding the one. Focus less on the person who we're in the relationship with being the one for us and more the ownership on us being the one. Us being the one for them. And so the first word that we find that they use for love in Hebrew is the Hebrew word raya. Everyone say raya. So the Hebrew word raya, it's, uh, it's kind of like, you're my best friend. Have you ever been in that relationship where you're like, you are my best friend? Or moments that you've been in a relationship and there's no place that you would rather be than right there in that moment with that person. I remember when me and Nicole, we first started dating and we went to this really conservative college and we weren't allowed to go in each other's dorm rooms. The university kind of played mom and dad. They're like, no, going into GR's rooms, you know. Uh, and so we had to hang out in her dorm, uh, like, lobby area all the time. And so she went, she grabbed her TV out of her dorm room, and it was back in the day when you have those, like, giant TVs with VHS players put in them. Man, I'm old. VHS, goodness sakes. And so we'd go rent a movie from an actual store. Uh, and then she'd bring it down to the lobby, and I remember we put it in the lobby, and we're sitting on the couch, and I put my arm around her, And I remember for the first time, she kind of put her head on my shoulder. And I remember just kind of just being there in that moment and smelling her perfume. And I just got dizzy. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And it was the moment that I remember feeling like, I don't want to be anywhere else but here. Like, you could give me a plane ticket to anywhere in the world right now, and I would say no. You could offer me a glimpse of heaven, and I would say no, because in that moment, that was heaven. That's Raya. And so we see that uh, represented all throughout 
um, in the way that it's translated many times into the English, it actually comes across as my darling, my raya. And we find that nine times throughout Song of Songs. And those are the passages we find, my darling. He's calling her my darling, my raya, my friend. And then in chapter 5, verse 1, it says, eat, friends, and drink. Drink your fill of love. And the word friends was actually raya. 516, this is my beloved. This is my friend. This is my raya. See, I am my wife's friend significantly more than I am her lover. Right? I'm not with Nicole because she's super hot. Well, I am, kind of. But... (laughs) Uh, I'm not madly in love with her because she is. I'm not madly in love with her because she's an amazing mom, because she's a, a really smart, intelligent person who's super empathetic and compassionate. No, it's because she knows how to be a great friend. You know, she, how do I know that she's, she knows how to be a great friend? When I tell a bad joke and no one in the room is laughing, she's in the back just wiping tears away. Uh, she does this weird thing where when she laughs really hard, she cries. Uh, it's the funniest thing in the world. So try to make Nicole laugh as hard uh, so she cries. It's hilarious. But uh, how do I know that she's my best friend? Um, after a long day, she greets me with a beer and a foot rub, right? I don't need chocolate and lingerie every night. I need a friend. And this is what, one thing I've been thinking about this week. If I had a choice... If I had a choice between sex and raya, I'm choosing raya, right? And I know that may sound a little bit weird, but here's the thing, like libido fades, right? Testosterone fades, looks, attraction, these things actually fade over time. But raya, raya increases this loving friendship, relationship that I can share with another human being. And see, the beauty of Raya is you can actually, we can practice this, right? Whether we're in a relationship or not, we can practice this with the people that we love. Because this is the thing, if you know how to be a great friend, I'm convinced you will be a great person to love. You will be a catch. If you know how to truly love the people who are around you, to, to allow yourself to be caught in moments where you're like, I don't want to be anywhere else but here. I'm going to be here and now with you, with my friends, my family, in this moment. That is what makes us into truly loving people. Um, Andy Stanley, he said, he had this quote, he said, he said, become the person that who you are looking for is looking for. Become the person that who you are looking for is looking for. The second word that we find, oh yeah, so raya. We'll say that one is friend. No place. I'd rather be. The second word that we find used to represent love is ahava. Say with me, ahava. Ahava. So ahava is a commitment. Ahava is a choice that you're choosing to love. It's not as, more rom- not as romantic, but you're like, this is a choice that I'm making, that I'm choosing to love you here and now in this moment. Uh, a lot of times it's represented in our culture as marriage. I'm making a choice to marry you. I'm making a choice to commit my life to you. 
Uh, two weeks into dating, me and Nicole, we went to the dollar store. Really cool date, huh? Hey, babe, you want to go to the dollar store? You could pick anything you want. It's on me. Right? So we go to the dollar store, we're walking through the aisles, and then I came across these plastic wine glasses, and I took them out, and granted, we are two weeks into our relationship here, plastic wine glasses, and I go, hey, look, our wedding glasses. <laughs> two weeks into the relationship, that's kind of weird, right? She kind of looked at me and cocked her head, I was like, no, I'm just kidding, we're not going to get married, that's gross, no, <laughs> no. But we find this word, ahava, 17 times throughout Song of Songs. Find it first, chapter 2, verse 4. Let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be ahava, be commitment, be a choice of love. Chapter 2, verse 5. Strengthen me with raisins, refresh me with apples, for I'm faint with ahava. Chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love, for ahava is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many words cannot quench ahava. Rivers cannot sweep it away. And the word ahava, it actually comes from one of the roots, hava, which means to give, and ahav, which is to nurture. To give, to nurture, love. See, and I think this is important because when we're sort of looking at a relationship, we're looking to get into a relationship, I believe there's some non-negotiables that we kind of need to sort of have. Uh, Like, this is the type of person that I'm going to commit my life to. So if you find yourself and you're here and you're not in a relationship, it's important for you to kind of figure out, what are sort of my non-negotiables? right? And if you're like, I don't know, I'm open. I mean, we do, we all have them. Because if we don't, if we don't know what we're looking for, I don't think we have a lot of reasons to date, right? But when we know what we're looking for, right? So for example, I remember uh, when me and Nicole were dating, I said to her, I kind of got interested in flying. Uh, I got to go out on this little airplane and he kind of let me take the steering wheel for a second. And I got, I just got, it was awesome. It was a rush. It was amazing. And I said, I kind of want to pursue this. Maybe someday I'll become an airline pilot. And I remember she said, I don't think I could be married to an airline pilot. And I was like, what? You know what I mean? Like, isn't our love deeper than that? Isn't, isn't, aren't, aren't we so in love that you will accept me more than anything? But I think she knew in that moment, if she said yes to that, Uh, she was going to withhold some of her commitment, withhold some of her choice, because what she really needed and what she wanted in a relationship was kind of what she got from her dad. She has an amazing father who was really present. He worked hard and he woke up early in the morning. He got to work every day at five just so that he could get his work done so he could be at home and time to spend some time with his daughters. And that was important to her. That was a value for her that she needed. She needed that. And even though we were in love, she was like, I don't know. This might be something that's a little bit hard for me. Um, and that was a choice that we had to make, a choice that we had to sort of walk through. Like, what are sort of those non-negotiables? You know, because let's say you're an airline pilot and you get married to a professional athlete. That relationship's going to be really, really difficult. You're never going to be around each other. Or maybe you want a wife who's going who's to gently guide your children towards Jesus, but she worships Satan. 
Things are probably not going to work out the way you want them to, right? And I know that's kind of like a weird example, but what are sort of those things in a relationship? And I think once you're in a relationship, there's certain choices, there's certain things that you need to make together. Uh, because I, and this is one thing I've noticed too, uh, I've noticed it with my friend, especially the one who can't seem to find the one. The older he gets, the harder it is, it is for him to find the perfect one because his life is headed in a certain trajectory. Because I think, you know, when you're, when you're young and you're in your 20s, it's kind of like, oh yeah, maybe I want to do this, or I want to do that, or do this, or do that. Oh, that's what I want to do. Right? It kind of takes a while to figure it out. Your 20s, it's about exploring. And then when you get to your 30s, you begin to kind of realize, oh, this is where I want to go, and that's where you want to move. And then when you start moving in that direction, it's really hard for you to find the perfect one to fit that same trajectory as you. And that's why ahava is so important because it's a choice. You are making choices together. Uh, me and Nicole have this joke because it seems like God speaks to her significantly before he ever speaks to me. Um, when we were dating, she was the one, she was like, man, I really feel like we should go international and do something crazy once we get married. And what would you think about that? Yeah, totally, let's do it. So we moved to Scotland. Then we're living in Scotland for four years, and at the start of our fourth year, she said, I think we're going to leave this summer. And I said, no, I don't think so. She's like, no, I think we're going to leave this summer. I just kind of got a feeling. I've been praying about it. I think it's time. No, it's not. Uh, Three months later, I had this really powerful, significant moment where I just knew. I knew in my heart, I knew in my spirit that we needed to leave that summer. Uh, We moved to Los Angeles. We actually lived in an apartment with Megan and Aaron for a year and a half. And they were talking about moving back to Lincoln to start this church called Mosaic. And they were trying to recruit us to say, hey, you guys should come back to Lincoln with us. And Nicole said, that would be awesome. Let's move to Lincoln with Aaron and Megan. And I said, there's no way I'm moving to Lincoln, Nebraska. (laughs) Right? And then three years later, we make this decision together to move here. Right? Because we were making these choices together. We were moving together See, if Nicole was like, God speaks to me first, you need to listen to me, like, he said this to me, let's do it. You don't have a choice. I'll say, no, no way. Like, Nicole, she understands the art of Ahava. She knows how to love like Ahava because she knows how to gently guide me because it takes me a little bit more time than it takes her, right? And we begin to make these choices together. We begin to kind of move together, Right? Even though you kind of stray away, you eventually end up on this same trajectory together. And that's where ahava, it's so vital and it's so important. Because if we're married, we need to make those choices together. If we're in a relationship, you've got to make those choices together. If you find yourself in a relationship and you're always fighting, you're always bickering, what's probably happening is your ahava is off. You're making these choices that are actually separate but not together. Uh, the Bible sort of talks about it, and it talks about being unequally yoked. And a lot of time it talks about, like, having a Christian and a non-Christian relationship. But I think it's deeper than that. Because a yoke is what you put over ox in order so that they can move together to plow a field. But if the ox are going in different, different directions, it's more difficult for both of them. But if they're moving together in the same direction, what happens is it makes the work easier. It makes the work more efficient. It makes the work better. And so Jesus talks about... My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think that can also translate to relationships. 
that when we truly learn to love like Ahava, uh, the yoke becomes easier and you can move together, you can grow together, you can till through hard soil together. Word three that we find is the Hebrew word for love, dod. Dode. Thank you. You guys are on the same page as me. Dode. So dode, this, this Hebrew word can actually be translated uh, carouse, rock, or fondle. So you kind of know where I'm going with this one. You're like, oh boy, it's last week all over again, <laughs> right? But also this can be translated a mingling of souls, a mingle of souls, And so we find this more than any other word used for love throughout Song of Songs. Uh, We find it in chapter 1, verse 2, the second verse of the book. For your dode, your love, is more delightful than wine. Chapter 1, verse 4, friends. So the way that Song of Songs is kind of uh, structured is you sometimes have Solomon speaking, you sometimes have the woman speaking, and you have sometimes it says friends who are kind of like... like a, more of like a narrator character talking to them. It's not friends who are really observing it or watching it happening as much as it is like an, a narrator, uh, a fictional character who's co- sort of commentating on the relationship. And so what this narrator says is, we rejoice and delight in you. We praise your dode more than wine. Chapter 5, verse 1, friends, again, say, eat, friends, and drink. Drink your fill of love. Chapter 4, verse 10, how delightful is your dode, my sister, my bride. How much more pleasing is your dode than wine. Chapter 7, verse 12, I belong to my beloved and his desire is for me. Because the Hebrew word here for beloved is actually an iteration of dode. Right? My lover, the person who I move with, the person who I mingle my soul with. Uh, we find it in Proverbs chapter 7, verse 18. Come, let us take our fill of dode until morning. Let us delight ourselves with dode. See, I think we're so focused on dode. We're so focused on getting there. We're so focused on getting to that part where we're mingling our soul. We're so focused on getting there. Who's our soulmate? How do we get there? How do we get there? How do we get there? That we kind of forget about Raya and Ahava. But if love was kind of like cake, right? So let's say love was cake. Dode would be the icing. Dode is the thing that brings it all together. Dode is the covering. It's the covenant. It's the thing that makes us one flesh with the other person. But the thing about icing is I'm really picky. Uh, I hate most icing. It kind of needs to be perfect. So you know like when you get like store-bought cakes and they have sugar paste on top of cake? That stuff is nasty, right? Uh, most of the time when I eat cake, I scrape the frosting off because I just don't like it. It's like weird and gross. But when you have the perfect red velvet cake with a beautiful cream cheese frosting, come on, right? Come on, right? And when you have that, when you experience that, you get something beautiful, Right? You get this relationship where two become one, where this dode begins to cover your relationship. But the thing about icing is, is if all you have is icing and all you want is icing, 
Like the first couple bites, amazing. You're in heaven, right? But has anyone ever tried to eat a jar of icing? Right? Try it. It's disgusting. (laughs) You get three bites in and I'm done. This is too much. But the first, you've done it? Nice, I'm impressed. Uh, But that's the thing. Like so often we're so focused on the icing, We're so focused on getting to the sweet. We're so focused on it. And what happens is love just eventually tastes like sugar paste. Love gets sickening. It gets so sweet that we're just like, blah, I don't want that. Because we're so focused on getting to dough that we forgot it's about raya, becoming friends with someone, being in that place where there's no place I'd rather be. And and we forget about ahava that it's a choice. And so if we truly want to stop focusing so much on who is the one for me? Is the one out there? Is my soulmate out there? Become the one. Become that person. Focus on being the one. And when you do that, when you understand that, dode will come, right? It will come. Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 4 says, Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Um, if anyone grew up in youth group, this is probably your youth pastor's favorite verse. He's like, guys, stop making out with each other, okay? Do not arouse or awaken love. But here's the interesting thing. What word do you think they use for love here? It's not dode. It's ahava. Do not arouse or awaken ahava until it so desires. Right? Because this choice, it's important. Who you're choosing to mingle your soul with is vital. Chapter 5, verse 1. We see kind of a multiple words for love sort of represented here. It says, eat friends and drink. Drink your fill of love. Eat, and that word friends, raya. Drink your fill of dode. Chapter 5, verse 16. This is my beloved. This is my friend. This is my dode. This is my raya. See, the thing about it is when we fully understand it, when we fully get to that place where we realize this is really important, right? The raya and the afa, this is so vital. It's so vital for us to be able to step into that right now, to begin to be the one. When we truly learn that, uh, we become happier, healthier, uh, and it's even possible that we live longer lives. So I was reading this study this week. Uh, it was actually a TED Talk that's kind of been blown up on my Facebook feed lately. Uh, it's this guy, Robert Waldinger, and he, he has been leading this Harvard study for the last, not he himself for the last 75 years, but this study has been going on for 75 years. And he's leading the study right now. And so what they did is they took 724 men that were in the age of sophomores in college. Half of them were in Harvard, and half of them were in the slums of Boston, uh, literally living in tenements, many of which didn't have hot and cold water. And so they took these men and they began to study their lives, everything. They began to sit down with them and ask them questions. They would get, they would get medical reports back from doctors. They would scan their brains. They would draw blood because they're trying to figure out what makes us happy And what's interesting is many of the men went on to live normal lives, become bricklayers, construction workers. One of the men actually went on to become president of the United States. So this really huge sample of the different vast amount of people. 
And the people who grew up in the slums of Boston kept saying, uh, why are you studying my life? I'm not that interesting. And he said the men from Harvard never asked that question. And then what they found is that after 75 years of doing this study, uh, the thing that doesn't make us happy, it's not wealth, it's not popularity, it's not fame, it's not working really, really hard. It's really simple. It's having good relationships. It's like, really, did they need to do a a study for 75 years to tell me to have good relationships? And that's going to make me happier? But I think we forget that so often. And maybe we know it in our head, but we don't really operate our lives that way. And so they found three things because of this study. They found that people who are more connected to family, friends, to community are happier and physically healthier, right? That sounds like a lot like Raya. And then they found that, uh, you know, we could, it's not the number of friends you have because we all know we could feel lonely in a crowd, If you've ever been to a party where you didn't know that many people and you're like, this is weird and awkward and I feel all alone and by myself, you can feel lonely in a marriage if you don't feel like the other person is reciprocating anything in the relationship. We can feel lonely in all those situations. Um, But what they found was that it's not the quantity of your relationships, but it's the quality of them. Uh, And it's not even how much you fight or not. Because they found that some, some couples who even fought and bickered all the time, if they knew when things got tough, and when the going got tough, that that person was for them, uh, they were still happier. They were still healthier. And then the third thing that they found was that those who had significant relationships in their life, uh, their brains uh, were sharper. They didn't uh, degrade as quickly. You know, it's so amazing that our bodies are designed for raya and ahava. Our bodies are designed for community. Our bodies are designed for relationships. And when we operate outside of that, something begins to happen to our soul. Something physically happens to our body when we're operating outside of that. And so today, what I really, what I want us to realize is we're so focused on getting to Dode. We're so focused on getting down there that we're neglecting some relationships in our life. That we're neglecting being an amazing friend. That we're neglecting being the type of person that's choosing to love the people who are already around us. You know, would your friends say that you are the type of person that is just really committed to them? The type of person that, man, when you wrap your arms around that person and you yoke yourselves together, life just seems to flow. Life seems to get better. It doesn't seem to constantly collide, but things just flow forward. And I think these are things that we begin to work on, whether we're in a relationship or not. Let's practice being the one. Being the one before, instead of focusing so much on finding the one. And I just find that study so fascinating because the fact that God created us for this, God created our minds and our hearts and even our physical bodies for love, for community. You know, I feel like so often we do so many things to try to please God. We do so many things to try to make God happy. We do so many things in our life. We try to read our Bibles. We come to church on Sunday. We sing some songs. And I feel like we're trying to do all these things to get to God, all these things to make God happy. It's like God is here and we're here. And if we could just do these things, we're going to get there, right? 
But I think we need to really ask ourselves the question, like, why are we even here right now? Like, is this a habit for us? Is this just something we do because we feel like we have to do? And I'm convinced God is not a habit, right? God is a relationship. See, this thing is God is Raya. God is Ahava. And believe it or not, God is Dod. Right? Because God wants us to be in those moments with him where we say, there's no place I'd rather be than right here and right now. And God wants us to be in that place where we say, I'm going to commit my life to you. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God, I want to wrap your yoke around my neck and I want to move forward with you. And when we do that, we mingle our soul with his. See, when I read through Song of Songs, the thing that's screaming out at me is this relationship between a man and a wife and the fact that two people can love each other this much. What I hear screaming to me over and over and over in my head is, I love you so much more than this. I love you so much more than this. And when I look out to the universe, I can't help but see there has to be a designer. There has to be a creator. If there's not, that's an awful lot of waste of talent. And being able to stand up in here and see a couple hundred pair of eyes staring at me is you realize that we are not just flesh and bones. We are so much more. We are personality. We have consciousness. We have love. We have souls. And that to me is just proof of an image of God. And so when I understand these two things, I understand that, like 1 John says, God is love. So if God is Raya, God is Ahava, God is Dod, how can I connect to God? How can I connect to God? And I think for us, sometimes we make the choice first. We make the choice first, and when the going gets tough, it's easy to say, you know what, I'm out, I'm done. But I've been talking to some friends this week, and I always love when I have these conversations with friends, uh, where they're like, man, two of them happened this week. I'm struggling right now. Questions about faith, doubts. I'm just not sure right now. Things are getting really hard, and I want faith, but I feel like I'm losing it. You know what? I love those moments. I do because that's where God can do his best work. And the thing about it is, when we're in those moments, they feel like we're dying. They really do. But I'm sure it feels a lot like a baby does when it's being born. It feels like death, I'm sure. Like a chicken that's hatching out of an egg. It feels like death. So God, what he wants to do is he wants to move us away from this relationship that is I'm here, you're here, I need you to do a bunch of stuff to get here. If you can do this stuff, if you could sing songs, if you could read your Bible, if you could do all these things, you're going to get here. And what we need to realize is, if God is love, and if God is true in what he says, that we can be temples of his Holy Spirit, then when we love And when we, Raya God, and when we Ahava, and we make a choice to follow him, our souls are mingled together forever. So really, I feel like the overarching question to this whole thing is, do we want to find the one, or do we want to connect to the one, the source of love, the one who is love, the one who is Raya, who is Ahava, who is Dode. And I'm convinced that there's many of us in here in this room today where 
Maybe we see ourselves a little bit on that spectrum and we're not sure where we're at. And the real question is, how is God speaking to you today? Because I'm convinced that there's many people in this room that what you need to do is you need to take one step. Maybe for you it's, I've never felt that royale with God. I've never felt that, man, I want to be here. I want to be friends with God. Maybe for you, you've felt that a little bit, and for you, it's that choice. Like, you know what? All right, it's time to get married. It's time to commit. It's time to say yes. It's time to stop playing games. It's time to commit our lives and say yes to God, to say yes to Jesus so that our souls can be mingled together forever. Let's pray together. God, when I, uh, when I think about even existence, it feels so confusing at times. Why are we here? What's the purpose to these things? Love can feel so complex. Love can feel so difficult. Love can feel so challenging. God, in this moment here and now, My prayer is that in the quietness of this moment, that what we focus on right now is, what are you saying to us? Do we truly believe that you love us? Do we truly believe that you are for us? So God, here now in this room, my prayer is that we will feel your love that we will not want to be any other place than here and now. And God, my prayer is that as we're here, that we say, God, I ahava you. I'm going to make a choice to love you today. That you didn't make me into a robot, but you gave me the freedom to say yes, or you gave me the freedom to say no, and today I'm making the choice to say yes. I understand if I can connect to the source of love that I will truly know what love is God I pray that your character will reflect on me and that I will learn to love the world around me like Raya that I will learn to bring them into my life and I can become friends with the people around me God that I will be a committed person that when those wrap their yoke around my neck and we come together that things go forward God we thank you for this gift of love teach us teach us God how to love teach us how to be the one instead of obsessing over finding the one in your name Jesus we pray amen